Have you been enjoying the adventures of our characters in Rumble Squad and serviceable plots? Or getting to the nitty gritty rules for the 5th edition? Support us on Patreon. This is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw. And by contributing as little as $1 per month, you'll get to hear exclusive content and updates before anyone else. Our higher level patrons get access to DM's notes, outtakes from our episodes, and even the chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. Yes, you can hear our silly, out-of-character shenanigans, and even cause some of your own by influencing the story. Our producer-tier patrons listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. And we want to give a special thanks to our producer-tier patron, Johnny Torres, for serving as a producer on this episode. We also want to thank our adventurer-tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, a Linux fan, Mosiru, Matt Fry, Mike C, Ryan Glasgow, and Shosuro Ajo. To join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. By joining our patrons, you enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. And if you're not able to support D&D Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Before we begin, we wanted to highlight one of our favorite creators, Jeremy Kleinhans, Dungeon Master of the Midnight Kingdoms podcast. Now, we knew Jeremy and were proud to call him our friend, even before we met him in person for the first time at Gen Con last year. His creativity and commitment to his craft brings such joy to our community. Now, Jeremy has been building the setting of Midnight Kingdoms for the past 20 years, and the Chronicles of the Grey Wolves live in this world of darkness between the twilight of dusk and dawn. Jeremy always delivers on a story driven by character actions full of thrills and suspense set in this world where dreams kill and magic corrupts. Please enjoy this latest promo for his show. Look for Midnight Kingdoms everywhere podcasts are found. Our world, once beautiful, filled with hope and ripe with life, now stares under the emptiness of extinction. Where kingdoms reigned, capital cities now sprawl, wrecked with fear and loss. Those upon the edges of the wilds become fewer, as corruption seeps from the shadows down deep. But we will not submit to the night. We will not willingly be consumed by the gloom. Companies will rise. The Grey Wolves will fight. While manifests may tear themselves from our dreams, we will take back the light they have stolen. Join us at MidnightKingdoms.com. Fight with us. Make our print in the Chronicles of the Grey Wolves. And now, on to the show. Next week will be Serviceable Plots, Episode 35. Join us now for Serviceable Plots, Episode 34. This town was always doomed. With me today are the following players. Hi, this is Bethany, and I am playing Belinda Walsingham, the Half-Elf Awakened Mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Jane, I'll be playing Nissa Turin, the Gnome Arcane Trickster Rogue. Hi, I'm Mike, and I will be playing Shannon Scriv Whitecliff, the Human Rogue Fighter. Last time, the party defeated Wolfhunter and freed Eren from her imprisonment, as Nissa and Scriv picked the pockets of the cult's deathlocks. Once Nissa had grabbed the tuning fork, the objectives were complete, having previously acquired the books for the Staff Federation, and the information on the mole in the Shadow Wolves that Nissa was looking for. With the items in hand, the party quickly rejoined, 
and ran from the cultists who realized what was happening. As Akiva used a potion of fire breathing to light up the vines and bushes around the entrance of the cave, the party began their run back towards Mandeville and away from the pursuing cultists. You see the flames behind you, the sun is setting in the sky, and you are booking it. Yes. As you're running along, you are navigating through this heavily forested area. Is there anything specific you are doing as you're moving? Or are you just like full on, full sprint? Full sprint. Running. I was gonna say, I think we need to get to Leo so he can ward the town. I'm gonna have Lazarus like fly up ahead. I'm gonna have him keep an eye out behind us just to if uh, let me know if anybody's like literally on our tail. So Lazarus flies up into the air as you guys are bolting for it. I'll have him let me know if anything crazy is going on. There's fire. Nissa, can I have the tuning fork? I think I can try to hide it because they might be tracking it. Oh, sure. Give me a minute. It's buried somewhere. Hang on. There you go. <laughs> okay. I'm going to focus on my RO sight ability. Okay. So you shift focus as you are running along. Since it is a heavily forested area, I would like uh, dexterity checks from everyone. I got 22. Five. 16. 16. And Aaron got a five. However, overall, between the five of you, you kind of notice as uh, Nissa and Aaron start to like almost stumble and trip over a few roots, you, you quickly like pull them up to their feet so they don't fall and take any sort of tumble as you are navigating and finding the best path to go through at this full-on sprint through the the woods. After a minute or two, Akiva, you uh, get a like a sensation from Lazarus of danger coming. I will relay to the group that Lazarus let me know that it seems yeah they're, they're chasing after us or something. Something's coming from the tunnel. You can see through his through his eyes, right? Uh, I believe you can still move, but you are blind and deaf. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll give it a try. Don't let me fall. I say, do you trust me? And dramatically reach out my hand. I trust you. I'll take your hand and then I will send my sight to Lazarus. Roll a perception check for Lazarus. 20. As you are staring through his eyes, you see several of the lower cultists, like they're putting out the flame. Some of them, you see their arms kind of singe and burn and they're just patting everything out. And they are trying to run through the flames and pat it out as they go. This It's, it's dying out fairly quickly. One of the grave walkers comes up and starts to toss water onto the flames and, and help everyone through. You see a robed figure uh, step out and begin to cast something on himself. And he floats up and flies up through the trees. I will relay this to the group as it's happening. Uh, guys, they have another spellcaster that seems to be uh, cast fly on himself and he seems to be coming. Scriv, this makes sense that this might be the coffin that you had met. Is there any way that I can since we're running through a forest, right? Yes. So you are protected from overhead a good bit by the canopy of trees above you. Yeah, I want to try and continue to, like, I guess, see if I could help guide the party through tree cover, because I know there's underbrush and stuff, and I want to maintain as much of a blocked line of sight from above and the forest floor. So in this case, roll a perception check as you're looking ahead to find the best cover from above for the trees. 12. So you are trying to pick a path for the party as you're looking up ahead. Uh, there's a couple points you know, like you can't quite get great cover unless you slow down and make like a big loop. But unless you guys decide you want to like take alternate paths rather than the most direct route to town. Tony, can I use an ability real quick? 
I'm gonna spend five side points to use my danger sense. That's the one that lets me create a psychic model of reality. I don't think I've ever used this. So I can concentrate on it for eight hours and I can't be surprised. Attack rolls can't have advantage and I get a plus, plus five to initiative. Okay. I want to try and follow those alternative paths as long as they don't compromise our main goal of get to town as quickly as possible. Okay, so you will, without actually like pulling off to one side or the other too much, you are intending to make as much of a beeline towards town as possible. Yeah, we're going to have to hit a clearing at some point, but... Roll stealth checks for me using the tree and brush as uh, cover. I was going to still have myself see through Lazarus' eyes, but I want him to kind of try to stay a little bit out of sight, just like up in the air, completely like out in the open. Okay, then roll a stealth check for Lazarus as well. Now that you know there is someone up in the air with him. 15. 5. 8. 6. 7. So Lazarus, uh, as Akiva, you shift into his line of sight for a moment again. If anything looks like it's about to come after Lazarus, I will I will blink him back. I need you to roll a dex check. 10. As Lazarus is ducking behind the trees, you're looking and you see this road figure pause in midair, fire form in his hands and a blast go out at Lazarus. The bolt hits him squarely. Seven points of fire damage. So then as he hits, Lazarus <sighs> fades out. We can, we can get it back. We can get it back, buddy. You watch as this bolt of flame comes out of nowhere. It even strikes Lazarus. And then your vision gone. You're back in your body. I'm very upset. Do, do we see a reaction from Akiva? Oh, yeah. What what happened? He just uh, threw uh, some fire spell at Lazarus and he's gone. Well, don't worry. You could get him back. Well, uh, he, he, he bought us some time, right? I, I, I don't know. It seemed pretty effortless for whoever was chasing us. Okay. But this is not, this doesn't spell good news for the town or anything. Yeah. So, um, Scriv and Belinda, you catch overhead the robed figure. He seems to have come up and slowed down. Okay, we have to decide right now. Do we keep running or do we stop and try to hide in place? We keep running. If we keep running, aren't we going to lead these guys to the town? They're going to the town anyways. This has been what weeks in the making the lake is full of undead this town was always doomed he was pulling slightly ahead of you and then he slowed and he's just matching your pace about 50 to 60 feet above you okay so he Aaron, do you have any spells left i know you don't have your components i have a few uh, i can try and maybe stun him for a moment what do you need like as components um instance i have incense okay cool I, I give her one of my sticks of incense, Tony. You see her like a, a little spark of electricity flow in her hands for a brief moment as the incense seems to like light for a brief bit as she focuses on it and swirls her hands and points straight up. You see this twisting array of colors and lights float right around the coffin. And he needs to make a saving throw. That was a natural one. Yeah! So... About 60 feet in the air, you see this light hit him. Are you guys slowing or stopping at all? Or are you just still bolting? Okay. We want to keep moving, but if he's falling, I want to see where he lands. <laughs> yeah, same. So he was keeping pace with you, so he like, slows uh, as you guys move about another 30 to 60 feet or so. As you watch, he just stops. His eyes kind of like go a little soft, and he just plummets 60 feet. As soon as he's falling, Aaron will say, like, 
uh, he'll break out of it as soon as he hits the ground. And you hear just whack across the ground. You see when he hits, he, he does like arch from the pain and he's still alive. I'm gonna turn around and throw an Eldritch Blast at him. I'll do magic missile then. Three bolts appear in Nissa's hand as she releases them. Akiva, you focus your arcane energy and release two blasts. So the first one is a 19 to hit. 17 is the next one. Akiva, both your Eldritch Blasts slam into his form. What was the damage for both of your rolls? A total of 21. And Nissa, what was the full damage for all three bolts? 10 total. As you all look back for a moment, you see two Eldritch Blasts hit him. He twitches for a brief moment as three bolts slam into his form and he just stops moving. So as the body stops moving, Akiva, you hear a voice. Uh Uh-huh. Here, I will slow them for you. A gift from me. Dark tendril shadows fly out from Akiva, encircle the body a moment as rising from it, a semi-transparent figure floats up, looking just like the person you just killed. And it rises from the body, this spectral image that looks over at the two of you. You see the specter turn and fly off away from you towards the direction of the cave. What did you do? And then I know we have to keep going, so I just go. I can't, I can't deal with it right now. What did he do? What was that? What's going on? Keep moving, we gotta keep moving. Okay. Did we see this by the way? At least did we see Akiva? You saw the tendrils fly out from Akiva. You guys both have a high enough passive perception. You notice this. Oh boy. So since you guys are still running and the coffin is down. Quick conversation. Scrib, we have these robes. I think we should give them to Leo. Maybe the townsfolk can use them in some way. Okay, but you're not exactly gonna have time to just like slip out of the robes. I I figured I'll just take it off and give it to Leo. What do you think? I was thinking maybe you would have a plan for how he, he might be able to use this. Tony, can I like quickly sketch out the symbol that's on my arm? It is very fresh. Then I'll take a piece of paper and just slap it on top so I can get the pattern. So, I mean, Belinda, you see this nice uh, symbol of Tenebris on Scrib's arm. What is that? Okay. You remove it and it's, it, I mean, it's a bit smudged, but yes, it's its on this paper. Cool. I pull it off and make sure that the pattern is still there and then slap another piece of paper on top. We can give this to Leo and they can use it as kind of a like little piece symbol. There you go. I slip it in my pack. Good idea. Let's keep on moving. There's way too much going on right now. Okay. Uh, and I'll say, great job, Aaron. <laughs> you holding up okay? I'm okay. Just a lot of running in the past couple of 20 days or so. Sorry. Long story. Sorry. I don't put you on the spot. Are there, are there any like components you need? Scribb's got some stuff. Copper wire? They definitely would be copper wire in the stuff you got from the uh, the artificer, though. There would. Will this work? I just, like, give her one of the clockwork rings. <sighs> we'll need help from this, uh... Yeah, what? Can you pull out a bit of, just a little bit of copper from this? Sure. Give it me. All right. Tinker's tools, check. 17. You catch the ring, quickly pull out like one of your little tools and find one of the thin wires that is set along uh, the interior of the ring and just pop it out and have it in your hand and you can quickly give it back to Aaron. And while she's doing that, be like, what does this let you cast? Uh, get a message to the Staff Federation. That's a great idea. She's like, all right, um, sorry, this is my last spell of the third. Anyways, anything I should say specifically? Because I was just going to tell them what like cultists are here. Tenebris 
whatever the name of the city that we're stuck at is. Send reinforcements. <laughs> Tell them to contact Rose Walsingham. Just say General Walsingham. She can send, like, soldiers to deal with this. Okay. And she focuses for a moment as she uh, releases her last third level spell. Quickly says, Cult of Tenebris, outside Mandeville, in the Calm Grove. Attack on Mandeville imminent. Contact Ro- General Walsingham for Belinda. There's a brief pause as she kind of seems to be listening for a moment and just, yeah, they're on it. Okay, good. Cool. Now we just need to survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I think these cultists are going to have some some beef with the town now. They always did. <laughs> I think we should evacuate the town. I think we should tell someone to evacuate the town. And then we keep running. Yeah. So I I suggest maybe, Scrib, if you want to run up ahead, you're faster than the rest of us. I just look over at the rest of you. We're fine. We'll be fine. Okay, I'm going to start running. Shoot, Tony, can I take off the cultist robe and toss it to Scriv? Can I pull out a knife? I'll say you see Belinda, like, starting to pull the robe. I'm going to just cut, uh, weaken perforations on the shoulders and the sides and then just tear the robe off. For the sake of this, make an attack roll. 22. I'll say you pull your dagger and just with a quick slice uh, down the sides, you're able to help Belinda pull the robe off. Okay. I'll take this one, and uh, good luck, and then I'm going to run on ahead. Is there anything else specific you guys are doing? I'm going to say, did anyone see? I know this town is known for horses. Did anyone notice where the stables were? I wasn't paying attention, I guess, when we came into town. I never pay attention. To, to the north of the inn. I can take that. Who knows how to ride a horse? It's not that hard. They're trained. We're going to figure it out. Let's go. I think we're at the limits of what our legs can do to carry us all the way to Orenthal, which is where I want to go right now. So I think we should go try to get some horses and we'll, we'll figure it out. I know Scriv can ride. Speaking of at the limit, as you guys are getting through, I need con saves from everybody. Total of three. 21. 21. 22. Belinda, you do take a point of exhaustion. Nissa, Akiva, you both see Belinda. Aaron's starting to slow down now though. Does she have another point of exhaustion? Yes. But you guys arrive at town as you notice this. Like, Belinda, your breathing's heavy. Uh, you notice Aaron is, like, struggling to keep up a little bit now. But you guys are at Mandeville. But Scriv, you got ahead of everybody else by a little bit. So what are you doing? Kicking down the door to the bar where Leo is. You see Leo is uh, serving some food to some people. Everyone, get ready to evacuate. There are cultists on the way. No time to explain. Run up to Leo. Leo, here, here's an outfit... Find someone who's really good at lying and they can buy you some time. Here's a symbol that they used as a symbol of trust and I give him the piece of paper with the smattering symbol on it. Where are the horses, Leo? Just point. Points towards the north. Cool, I'm going to drop three gold coins on the table. I'm sorry, good luck. And then I'm going to run out. Roll a persuasion check. 20. Leo looks in shock, but just kind of nodding. People are like starting to get up and look around and they're kind of you did this very quickly, so you're seeing some initial reactions. As I'm leaving, and if that's not important enough, uh, there are also zombies in the lake. Good luck. And I bolt out for the horses. By the point that you're bolting out for the horses, the rest of the party is coming out from the edge of the tree line. With your passives, you guys can see each other. It is almost night now. Uh, do we see people around? Is Scrib just going, hear ye, hear ye? <laughs> You see a lot of people were looking towards the inn who were nearby as someone was screaming inside. 
I mean, I will. if I see them running over, then I'm going to just take the time to shout at anyone who's in the town square. As you are shouting at people, you hear a voice off to a side just yell out, Death Elf! Everyone! Death Elf! Wait, do I still have, I thought I have a mask on. Did I ever take it off in the hole? Nope. Wait, no, no, don't forget that. Where are they pointing? At Akiva. As you go and look at the person pointing at Akiva, they turn and to run around uh, and try to go behind some buildings. Okay, can I at least make a note? What do they look like? Roll perception. 18. 8. 14. 9. Nissa Belinda, you see this guy. He's wearing common clothing. Looks a bit dirty, but he, as he turns to run away. Uh, Scriv, you notice he's seems to be wearing like the average type of style and all that for the town. But Akiva, when he pointed, his sleeve got pulled up. You saw a tattoo of a symbol of Tenebris on his forearm before he turned and ran. He's a cultist. Running to the horses. Like a lot of the other townspeople are starting to turn and look towards you guys as just like, what's happening? If we harm him, it will just reinforce that, that we're the enemy. We just need to leave. Tony, I'd like to use an ability. I'm going to use my exacting query on this guy. He just has to be within range of my telepathy. What type of safe? Int. DC 16. Natural 17. So you focus for a moment as he just seems to keep running. He doesn't pause, so you know he resisted whatever you were, whatever your question was. Are any horses already saddled? I'm hoping somebody was going to go out riding today or trading or something. Running up, you see a few people are uh, tending to some of the horses. It looks like some horses uh, just came in from being ridden out for the day for a bit, or at least being trained for a little bit. They have saddles on them currently. They're all ready to to ride. Uh, there's about three of them. Cool. I'm going to say we're commandeering your horses, and I flash my papers at them really fast. There is an emergency going on. Your town is about to be invaded by undead and cultists. We really need to get everybody out, and we need to borrow these horses. I'm very sorry. Looking at the horses, looking like behind us to see if there's anybody coming in, particularly cultists. Since you're looking behind, go ahead and roll a perception check. 13. Belinda, Scriv, and Akiva roll persuasion checks for me. 16. 10. 13. Looking back, uh, you haven't noticed anyone arriving from the tree line yet. You do notice some of the townspeople, though, are like a couple of the, the bigger guys have some clubs and are slowly making their way towards you. Not everybody. You see a lot of people are actually, especially from the inn, are getting up and like making their way either to other homes or seeming to try and help other people move along. So the town seems a little conflicted right now. You do hear like off in the distance, a couple other cries of death elf. Whatever. Looks up at you as you are flashing this, these papers. Of course, Miss Lady Walsingham. You're good luck. Them. Godspeed. Gonna go over to the uh, exhausted wizard, help her up onto a horse. Nissa, do you know how to drive one of these? No, but I can try. Okay, then I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump on the same horse. So, you are all aware these are trained horses. However, if you are trying to push them to do anything, will be a different story. They're very dark brown kind of fur to them. They seem very lean. Do they look like thoroughbreds or like cart horses? Thoroughbreds. They're very like muscular and. Um, you do know the terminology for these types of horses are called brownies? Uh, is it possible for Nissa to also fit on the same horse? I'm going to say only Nissa, Scriv, and Aaron can fit on one horse. Okay, then we're taking two horses, and we'll take the two that look the freshest. Okay. 
So you do hear some dogs barking off a ways because you do know they breed hunting dogs. We should we should go. Yep. Oh yeah, guys with clubs incoming too. <laughs> Let's what? go. Okay. All right, so you all hop on. As you are turning and beginning to leave the town, you are noticing a few figures are emerging from the tree line as you are leaving town. One of them is very, very big. Like a big Goliath looking person, but is moving a bit slower and seems to be pushed ahead as you guys are leaving town. You see a few people heading towards you, but now a lot of other people are screaming and running away. Yep. Because obviously an army of undead is coming from the woods. So as you guys are turning and running and beginning to bolt out of town on the horses, you hear a, a blast go off and you see several of the buildings are catching fire. The horses move at 60 feet a turn. And if you're, I'm assuming you're pushing them? For now, yeah. So I would like an animal handling check from Belinda and Scrip. 12. 13. Okay, these are well-trained horses, so when you go to push them, they are starting to take off, moving 120 feet, and as you guys are pushing away, you see the fire beginning to spread. You hear screams of terrified people coming from the town. Brief moment, both Belinda and Scriv could peek over their shoulders and notice a deathlock seems to be leading some of the other cultists. As he stares off in your direction and another mote of flame appears in his hand and he hurls it at some buildings. I hate this. We tried to warn them. And I, I just kind of drive the horses faster. We could communicate telepathically, right, between the horses, because otherwise we'd be screaming at each other, because conversations on horseback at a gallop are not really <laughs> very effective, despite what movies would tell us. We did the best we could. We got the information out. Wasn't good enough. All those people are going to die, and there's nothing we can do. Basically, yeah. We did the best we could, and if it's their time... It's their time. You hear Aaron. The attack was always going to happen. I think we may have just messed up their plans and pushed up the timetable. So, you warned people, right? It's not like we didn't try to save people. We did the best we could in the time we had, and it's just the next part of their journey. Now we just make sure they don't win, okay? This is one town. This is a terrible thing. This isn't the Empire. I thought we were safe. Apparently, things are worse than we thought. You thought you were safe, that's cute. A lot worse. That demon creates undead on anyone it kills. Anyone. All right, we all agree things are bad, but you know what? We all just need to calm down, focus, and get the job done, okay? That's what we owe to those people, right? For this not to be pointless, for this to matter. You're right. Just mad is all. I understand. But it's better to get justice than it is to get angry. Is the demon going to move on somewhere else, do this all again? More than likely. The demon's on this plane now, so I think it'll follow the cult wherever the cult goes. How do you stop something like that? Kill it. Unless you want to travel to the abyss to go find it. No, that, that, is, that is what you do. This is what has to happen. Wait, go to the abyss? Yeah, killing a demon on this plane only banishes it back to its plane. Not always. We've killed a demon before. We can do it again. Wait, what? Okay, maybe explain later? Might as well explain. We're, we're focused, we're riding. At this point, you guys are pulling away, but you do see as 
The sun has fully set, night has come, there is a blazing fire that retreats off in the distance. This brief moments you hear like sounds of combat. I say a quick uh, prayer to Adar for their souls. I pray to Nislam to let their souls pass on. Okay. I pray to Adar and hope that he gives me more knowledge next time. Maybe we wouldn't have been pushed into such a corner if we had a better plan. Aaron at one point just kind of like puts a hand on your arm just since you're right behind her and she's just like, thank you. All of you uh, for <laughs> getting me out. What happened down there? Well, I got in no problem. I must have said the wrong thing at the wrong time. I'm not really sure what, but they went from, yay, a magic user who can become an undead to, well, realizing I had no interest. Don't feel bad, Aaron. We had to commit to some terrible things. We didn't do anything, but we had to commit 100% to get them to buy in. Yeah, I think seeing the Marazzi. The what? The what? The what? The Marazzi? That's, that's the demon that they had. Can I make a check on that? <laughs> yes, you can make uh, Arcana checks. 20. 12. 8. 17. Scriv, you have heard of Marazzi demons, particularly because their bites can uh, infect someone and turn them into a ghoul. Akiva, Marazzi is a type of demon that, yes, its bite can uh, create ghouls, but it can also bring dead ghouls back to life with all of its vitality restored. Oh, joy. I will relay that to the group. <laughs> it also can take on the appearance of a humanoid it has eaten. Ew. And remain in that form for a number of days as its body slowly reverts back to a decayed form. So we've encountered the Moretzi before. They were a unit in the Darakul army. One, uh, their bite can infect people and raise them from the dead, but their bite can also raise the undead back to full vitality. Oh! Also, they are shapeshifters. They consume a humanoid and can tape their form for a couple of days. Is there, like, a demon that isn't a shapeshifter? Because right now we're two for two, and that's really frustrating. Demons are nasty. Yeah. You know, he, he fed us this line about the blood war suddenly showing up here, and uh, we're two for two on the demon front. The Shadarkai ran a very, very tight ship in terms of keeping track of personnel because of them. You, you had to be well-known around the village, and you had to almost have had your movement tracked otherwise, and we had to keep track of injuries if any was suspected of being bitten by a uh, by them, they would have had to have been burned. That's terrible. War is terrible. And it's coming here. And it's not the first time either. From what I hear, it's not, and I would quite like to stop it from spreading. I don't know as much as you guys about obviously know about this stuff how did they come to be here usually a couple of ways either a portal kind of randomly opens from the abyss and they're able to slip out usually though those kind of random portals powerful demons can't get through it, it seems to be like a, a specific barrier amongst the planes the more powerful you are the less likely you can actually just travel through the planes there's certain restrictions involved also because of they, if they die on their home plane then they're dead for real demons also can be summoned. That's what this is for, isn't it? I'm going to hold up the tuning fork. Yeah, that is a component for a spell called Plane Shift. 
it allows you and several other people to go to another plane of existence, but the tuning fork has to be attuned to the plane that you want to go to. Tony, can I take a look at the tuning fork? I know I'm also riding the horse, but we're sort of, we're following, I believe, the main road. Yeah, you guys are following the main road back. Uh, Roll an investigation check. That would be an 18. Inspecting the tuning fork, you see kind of like engraved into it, very fine details of what might be runes. Based off of your general knowledge, this was used within the abyss and formed and shaped in the abyss so it would have a connection to that plane itself. I'm very gently turning it over just to look at the runes and then I'll quickly share it telepathically. Uh, This appears to have been made in the abyss for the abyss by the abyss. So do you need two forks if you're going from one place and coming back? Well, you would need a tuning fork from the place that you want to go back to. Which presumably they already have one. This was the one they needed. Who needed it? Who, who needs this? Darwin needs this. The head cleric. Why would a royal cleric want a tuning fork that can send you to the abyss? They're gonna go kill Tenebris. Okay then. That's how this gets stopped. No more deathlocks then. Yeah. That's the plan. If the person who gives them their power goes away, they go away. Bodies just fall. Is that how it works? Oh yeah. So it's different than like clerics and paladins who, you know, didn't just drop dead whenever the gods did whatever they're doing. They're dead. Yeah. They failed in their service to their patron. And then so they were brought back. They're not warlocks. It would be different if they were warlocks. Okay. Warlocks would just lose their power. Probably, most likely. Yeah, I would lose my power if Umbra. Akiva's a warlock. Yeah, hi. Oh, who's your patron? We don't know. It's complicated. We know his patron is completely anti-Tenebris. So right now, good person. Yeah, for now. Don't tell the Staff Federation about this, please. (laughs) You saved my life, so deal. Yeah, we've been trying to find out more about him. Um, It seemed they, the Deathlocks, knew uh, more about my patron than I do. Does that concern you? Yes, heavily. Okay. Are you okay, Akiva? I'm processing a lot of things right now. I just saw Lazarus get firebolted. You could bring him back, right? I, yeah, he'll, he'll be okay. I can bring him back. But, uh, and then, uh, need to have a conversation with Umbra because I just saw somebody get raised from the dead. Yeah, we all saw the undead. So the, what did you guys call him, the coffin? Yeah, the coffin. I believe Nissa saw this, but when we struck down the coffin, it looked like a specter of him was raised by me. By you or by Umbra? By Umbra, but like through me. It was kind of terrifying, not gonna lie. Yeah. The fact that I have raised one is a bit of a concern and I am processing it. A lot of stuff's going on right now. Tony, quick question. Would I have an idea how long it's going to take us to get to Orenthal? A few hours. I vote we go straight to Orenthal. Seconded. No arguments. I can try and switch off if you want. Or we could try to take a quick rest. Just take a break, eat something. I know that would help with you getting your spells back. Basically, if you take an hour rest, and then you can arrive at Orenthal at midnight, basically. I think it would be better. I'm all for getting there as soon as possible, but I also don't want to push us so far that if there's some sort of confrontation when we get to Orenthal, we're not able to deal with it effectively. Because if we're barging in to try to see the royal cleric, even with Canathar's help at midnight, 
we might have to, you know, push the peoples. What exactly are you guys in the middle of? We'll tell you all about it as we sit down for a snack. Okay. What would be a good point, maybe, where I would think we might be starting to get exhausted, Tony? Like, an hour in, we'd find a spot off the side of the road? I would honestly say, like, an hour and a half in. Akiva, can you do your um, obscuring illusion? Yes. Or just a random tree. Let's do silent image, because I don't. that doesn't even need a spell slot. Then we'll just have the horses look like they're, like, tied to the tree. Okay. So, you did not use a spell slot, but you're just bamfing silent image over. Yeah. Because you can cast that at will. Stretch, pull out rations, and start doing some basic prep. I'm not Valen or anything, but I can try to cobble something together. All right. I think we sit. Thank you, Scrib, for preparing food. Yeah. It, it, it's basic, but yeah. It's nice to find comfort in the mundane. I could use a little bit of mundane right now. I think we all could for a little bit, but... Yeah. Don't always get what we want. <laughs> so, you are taking some time to recover. Erin, uh, at one point, just kind of... Her head pops up a little bit, and she seems to be just staring off into the distance. Some of the emergency staff federation members are already in town and have been for a little bit. They're trying to deal with the threat. A lot of people got out. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. There's only so much they can do. I mean, Staff Federation higher-ranking members that can teleport to different places are some of the first responders to extraplanar threats. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. So that's something, at least. They're dealing with it. I'm going to motion with my head to Erin, like, just, you know, shuffle over here a little way. (laughs) She shuffles over. Now, how are you really doing? Tired. Really tired. You're... Friends healed me up a good bit, so not as beat up as I was. She looks down at her robes, and you can actually still see the dried blood stains on it and everything, but physically she looks overall fine. Like, she took a couple of uh, bumps and bruises, but... How bad was it? Okay, it could have been worse, but basically they were just, they were trying to get information out of me. They beat it out of you? The big one, but she's dead now, so... Good. They didn't get anything out of me, so... That's my girl. Figured you'd come find me. Like I'd leave you down there. No, I know. I had... I could still shock, but um, hands chained up kind of stops that a bit. But glad I was able to help out Blinda and Akiva and all of them when they dealt with uh, Wolf Hunter, I think her name was. <laughs> oh, they dealt with her, did they? We dealt with her. I'm sorry, sorry. You all... Yes, you too. Sorry, sorry. Thank you. Excuse me, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, she like rolls her shoulder a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need to rest. Also, I want to talk to your masters. You shouldn't have been sent there on your own. I don't think they fully knew. I mean, Lyle was the one that kind of, you know, told them about it in the first place. True. Okay, I'm going to go beat Lyle up. I'll help. Good. You hold him. I'm going to pummel him. I-, I will happily hold him. If he's, um, you know looks like he's getting electrocuted slightly when you punch him that's me (laughs) but seriously your masters need to be careful where they send you yeah i don't disagree but that's part of the job i know but i just worry have you seen some of the cool spells i can cast yes and i love them i know and now i have that sending spell so we can keep in contact you'd better i can cast it and then she pulls out the little copper and i have this this will help me. This will let me cast it. And you let me know what else you need. You know, I'll get them for you. I'll make a list. If you ever get a chance, if you can find them, if the Staff Federation can't provide it. If I can find them. Girl, please. Out of 
sheer curiosity, you didn't happen to find my spell book amongst all those books, did you? I found some books. I will pull them out and see. You know her spell book extremely well. You would have noticed it in the room. It wasn't. Like, you didn't find it there. It's like, it's okay. All the spells I have now, I can transfer into a new spell book. Maybe they'll give me a nice one, not the, you know, scraps of parchment that I bound with leather. I mean, yeah, nice new one, but... Okay, fine. I'll get a bunch of parchment and just bind it with leather, and that'll be my new one. Yeah. Seem fair? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Don't get too fancy on me, okay? You know I won't be able to handle that. Never. Good. I'll just disguise self to make myself look fancy. Okay, I guess. How are you doing? How am I doing? Good question. Confused. Did you get everything you needed? I think so. I mean... I mean, yes, you were very helpful and all that, but I'm assuming... Okay, I know Lyle. Yes, I, I... Well, I don't know if I got what he wanted exactly, but I think I've got some information that he needed. Good. All right. All right, well... As long as we got what we needed, uh, I saw you got... Th- Can I start looking at some of these? And points to the books that you were kind of rummaging about through. Please do. I hope I managed to get the right ones. Yeah, let me... Uh, t- and she's going to start to take some time and look through them. Can I take out the ring that I picked up and take a look at it? It is a nice ring, actually. A gold band, kind of a blue line along the center. Brief inspection of it. You notice some runes carved along the interior. Hey, Aaron, you don't know what these are, do you? She looks at us like, sorry, it's, I think, because a couple too many hits to the head. I'm a little out of it. I can't quite read it. No worries. Go back to your book and then try and sleep, maybe? Ten minute nap? I can take a a cat nap or something, yeah. I think (laughs) you should. All right, um, let me, let me just check a look to see what we have here and see if this is enough for the Staff Federation. Okay. So, just be like, uh, Kiva, are you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm just kind of uh, processing and making sure we're hidden too, so. Okay. Thank you. This said Aaron seemed to be having a uh, private conversation, so I figured we could just talk a little bit. I'm sure we'll all talk about next steps, but are you guys doing all right? kind of worried about how deep this goes, if, like, that was a sizable cult. Yeah. Within the Empire, as you pointed out, that no formal <laughs> government agency was seeking out to uh, eliminate, so obviously it was not being taken seriously enough, which means either it happened fast or it happened really stealthily. I'm wondering about, I mean, all those people had to eat, the ones that weren't dead at least, and then spells aren't exactly cheap. You're wondering where their resources come from? Yeah. It might be even more widespread than we think. And that's the worry. If there's like this, uh, let's say one of the noble families is compromised. And they're trying to make a play. Maybe they don't like the head cleric. Maybe they don't like where they are in the social totem pole. And they think maybe stirring up some trouble and making other people look bad will help improve their station. I would say that, but right now no one's been implicated. There's no fall guy. There's no scapegoat. At the same time, though, if following your logic, if they backed Tenebris, I mean, they get a little social stature, but then the world's destroyed? Uh, It doesn't make sense to me. These noble people live so far away from reality that they might not understand the implication of it. They might think, I'll pay money to these people who are going to make trouble, but they don't know the depth of Tenebris. I would say invoking a death cult is probably one of the few things I would expect 
most noble families to not do, given what has happened before in Orenthal and the undead threat and how much it impacted the nobles. Yes, it also impacted other people, but it is something they keenly felt. I would be surprised, but uh, it's not impossible. I think it's good to explore all options and theories. I give a look over at Aaron. What about the Staff Federation? I mean, is it possible that there's a rogue contingent that's working with, I don't know, demons and whatnot? It's an interplanar threat. You think they're giving themselves an excuse to fight something? Give an excuse to get more power for themselves. They're a separate but equal entity in Orenthal, right? So in a sense, do they need any more power? Right now, the only group whose power will be enhanced by this is the military. The nobles won't get any power from this. The Staff Federation won't. The Whispered Ones won't, as far as we know. Granted, we don't have all the information, there could be more to figure out here, but the group that will gain power, status, and influence is the Fremer Empire's military. But your mom doesn't strike me as the kind to, I don't know, employ a lot of spellcasters or employ an extraplanar force to deal with things? It would be antithetical to who she is and what she represents. So no, I'm not proposing that it all is a setup. Have you considered the possibility that it's not a conspiracy from the government or the social powers that be here? That it's just a death cult? Well, no, that this is in opposition to the deities. They're missing a lot of them. And because of that, this power is just up for grabs. It doesn't make sense to me. Why would someone just look at all of this and think, you know, I'd just rather set it all on fire because... They're demons. That's their core belief system. We already have the Abyss. Why not get another plane? Look at the material plane. It's up for grabs right now. There's no one protecting it. I've read about, I've read about it and I understand like demons as an intellectual concept, but it's just different. There were people there. There were... They had lives and families before they decided to team up with Team Tenebris. Are you asking why did those people decide to team up with Team Tenebris? Yeah? What drives a person to do that? Maybe they didn't choose it. Or maybe they did. People are sheep. What were you guys doing? You made it sound like you were getting really close to making some shady uh, decisions in there. We had to commit to some things that weren't entirely comfortable, knowing that we weren't going to do those things. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of scrub at the bone powder thing that is probably, like, dry and scrapable at this point. Is that literally, like, ground-up bones? I don't know, and I'm trying not to think about it too hard. Okay, that's fair. No, I know this was not an enjoyable task for any of us, but Akiva, you you kind of had it the roughest, as far as I know. Yeah, the tentacle thing was weird. For me, too. Well, and also the fact that everybody kept calling out his patron. Yeah. They did? Repeatedly. You mentioned it. Literally everybody. Well, we definitely know that Umbra and Tenebris have beef. Yeah. At the very least, that's that can be confirmed. But, I don't know. Just want to make sure you guys are in an okay headspace, because I'm coping. How are you? Fine. You say you're fine, but you're always fine. Belinda. I am always fine. I am always fine. Everything is not fine, but we're going to do what needs to be done and not freak out about anything because that is counterproductive. That is indulgent. Belinda, there are only so many boxes you can put things into before you run out of space. See, you haven't been in my mind palace. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate that. It's, 
it's more that we could deal with on our own, but I'm just trying to focus on, we just need to get to the people who can fix this and deal with the problems we can fix. Because this is so far beyond anything. I, I mean, I'm willing to take risks to accomplish things that are important and meaningful. I don't like failing. And I know, Scrib, you kind of feel like we failed because of what happened to the town. In a way, you're not wrong. But I I choose to look at it like this. As Aaron said, the attack was going to happen anyways. Uh, the fact that we were able to warn people probably saved more lives than would have been before. Because they would have been taken by surprise completely. It's just, maybe I should have listened to you. Maybe we could have had a better plan than doing all that. If we had time, if we had weeks, we could Exactly. We didn't have time or weeks. We had what we were given. We like to do things a certain way. We like to gather information so we could play at it and make the best decisions. And that course of action was not available to us because Aaron would have died. Yeah. And sometimes you can't win. This is the best we could make of it, I think. Tried to take comfort in that. That we, we accomplished what we needed to. We got the item. Aaron's alive. <laughs> we wore Dorenthal. I hope some of the townspeople got out because you went and warned them. You know, if even just a handful of people lived who didn't, that's worth something. But it doesn't feel like a win because it wasn't. Maybe I'll be able to accept that in a bit. For now, though, I think it's just gonna put it in a box and move on. Next steps. How we get into Orenthal, how we talk to the royal cleric. Yeah. Aaron's coming over. She has, like, several books in her hands, too, as they scoot over to you guys. Oh, did you get those from the cult? Points to Nissa. She got them, but this is what I was here to get. Texts on the various, well, several of the different planes of, of, of existence in the multiverse, uh, the different exploration teams that went to there from the Staff Federation, and uh, Nissa did a good job. And she holds up one really worn tome. Looks like it's got some old scorch marks across it. Journey into the Abyss. Journey to the Abyss? Can I see that? I, I will need it back because this is part of my job, but... And she holds it over to you. So I'm, I'm going to be nosing the book for for a minute because this um this seems very relevant because we're going to journey to the abyss. Roll investigation check for me. 20. So you're going to be at it for a bit, but I'll, I'll let you know. Scriv, you hear a voice in your head. Is it not Belinda? <laughs> no, but it's one you heard recently. You escaped. We know your face. We will find you. We will kill you. And we will repurpose you. Go ahead. Hide in Orenthal. Scriv, you can respond as you recognize this as a sending spell. You've already failed twice. Good luck. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website dndraw.com and feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or a comment anywhere podcasts are found and please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Catch you all next time. (laughs) 